Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hey guys, I just wanted to break in and leave a quick note before the start of the podcast to let you know that the audio quality on this podcast is really not good for some reason. Can't figure out what's happening with it, so I apologize in advance. Please bear with me and I'll hope to have it corrected for the next episode. Hi guys, here I am. (laughs) So welcome to episode 43 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai, and I'm here with you again another week. So I'm doing this podcast uh, episode today on my own. Well, I have Tuscan here with me, my um, standard poodle. He's trying to figure out why I'm talking about him, but he won't be talking, I don't think. Unless somebody goes past the house, I'm sitting in the front office here, and if he sees anybody go past, you will for sure hear him because he will start barking. (laughs) So hopefully he stays quiet. He's a good boy. He's keeping me company. Derek's got the kids out uh, running some errands, and I am trying to get this podcast um, done and out. Uh, Be totally honest, this has been a really difficult last few weeks, and it's not getting any easier. (laughs) And... So I'm a little bit um, fried under the pressure right now of everything that is kind of seems to be culminating together all at once here. So I'd say for about the next 30 days, I am just walking a tightrope. Um, it's just been really very stressful to say the least. So, um, but I'm still here and I'm trying to get uh, this, you know, trying not to let this podcast fall too far behind and kind of get that stuff done. I do have a couple of um, of interviews that I have completed over the last uh, couple of weeks that I will be um, sharing with you guys here in the upcoming weeks. Um, But for today, I really, even though honestly, I needed to just probably put out one of those um, interviews that I've done, which I think you guys are going to really like, but I am so far behind on listener submissions, um, emails, and all that stuff that I thought I will just take um, and quickly run through Um, some of these submissions, um, because I have been having a really hard time even replying, responding to people, uh, just even taking the time to do it. Um, I get so many messages that come in that sometimes it's, I just want you guys to understand that it's not that I'm ignoring your messages. It's sometimes even just really hard for me to see all of the messages that I have and remember or know which ones I responded to and which ones I didn't. And, um, just the way that they come in is is not very organized, and I, I need to figure out a better system. But um, anyway, so I thought, well, I'll go through, and I gathered a bunch of them, and I thought I would just go ahead and answer some of these questions um, that you guys have sent in because I think it'll really help a lot of other listeners. It seems to be very popular when I kind of go through listener questions because a lot of you have some of the same questions and the same issues. So we're going to kind of do this like rapid fire uh <laughs> kind of um, 
way here. So I have really honestly had zero time to really research any of these questions. Um, I literally just printed out like three of them and have only just skimmed over the questions um, to kind of make sure that I thought they would be good to be answered on here. So we're just going to get right into it and we'll kind of see how this goes. So um, the first one I'll read to you real quick. Um, she says, uh, Jessica, hey, thanks. I just wanted to say thank you for responding to my email. This is from Dina and I um, had responded to her email about the keto flu and I, I, I might have gone over that on a podcast. I can't quite remember, but um, we'll, maybe, it, maybe I had, but, um, so perhaps you guys have heard, uh, some of this before, but she says, uh, I wanted to thank you for responding to my email and helping me through the keto flu. I really think I was in keto purgatory and that was what was making me feel so tired all the time. I took your advice and stopped working out while my body was transitioning from carb burner to fat burner. I feel like I'm there. I have pretty good energy and absolutely no cravings for carbs or sweets. Today is day 32 of strict keto. I have tracked every Everything increased my calorie my and increased my calories to 1800 to 2000 like you suggested. I bought a keto mojo and my readings were first at about 0.5 now that I now they are 0.8 to 0.9 millimole. I don't really know if that's good or not, but I feel pretty good and I'm not hungry all the time. But one thing I'm concerned about is I haven't lost any weight. In fact, I've gained three pounds in the last month. Also, I want to start working out again, but I was wondering what I should start with. I've been doing mostly weights before one day of Pyo or Insanity. I'm not sure if I should start with weights, cardio, or Pyo. I think Pyo is correct. I don't, I honestly, I've never even heard of that. It's P-I-Y-O. Um, or if that even matters. I also wanted to tell you how amazing I think you are. Your podcast is awesome and I follow you on social media. You are a wealth of knowledge and so inspirational to me. I can't thank you enough for all the education about this lifestyle. So um, thank you so much, Dina. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you getting back, uh, you know, to uh, letting me know kind of that my advice had helped you in regards to the keto flu. I really appreciate that. Um, so, and I did respond to Dina. Um, this is actually the only, the only one I'm going to go over today that I have actually responded to, but I did let her know that I see this happen a lot, um, specifically with women that are coming from a calorie restriction, which most of us have done that to ourselves, um, over the years is kind of this yo-yo dieting of restricting and then going back to like quote unquote normal eating. And then we restrict again and then we go back and kind of this back and forth, um, thing. And sometimes for sure, that means that there's going to be some weight gain because once you start giving your body the actual fuel that it wants and needs, um, it will often start holding on to any extra because it is, uh, it's thinking that you're going to go into another famine and it's trying to save your life. So, you know, it's, it's important to understand that and understand that that's how our bodies work. And then realizing that, you know, there's, there's so many things that I don't know about Dina and that's what makes this, you know, I can't, I can't diagnose her through an email and, you know, she's not a client of mine. So I don't have any health history on her. I don't have any of that information. And I know sometimes it sounds like it's kind of a cop out, but it is true. There are so many different things that could be going on with Dina that, um, that could be the weight gain or, 
um, you know, what her calories need to be at and whether or not she should be working out and how hard. And there are so many things. So, you know, if, if Dina has any kind of um, adrenal or thyroid issues going on, um, or if she's been a severe restrictor in the past, um, you know, I don't know what her calories, what she was eating prior to coming in to keto. Um, I think, and I don't have her original email here in front of me, but I, it seems like I remember that she was really low on calories before um, I talked to her in the first email, it seems like. So at any rate, if you have been very low, um, again, as a woman, and then you, you up your calories to really what your body needs, it does hold on to weight. Um, again, if you have adrenal issues, that can complicate it. Thyroid issues can complicate it. Um, you know, these are all pretty major hormone disrupting um, things going on in your body, and um, restricting calories at all can be really detrimental um, to those specific, you know, kind of to your endocrine function in general. And so, um, having things like that. Uh, going on and then giving your body suddenly the fuel that it needs, um, definitely your body's kind of like running scared, you know, it, it grabs everything it needs and stockpiles and waits um, for the next rainy day. So a lot of times that's just a matter of waiting it out, just continuing to be um, steady with the calorie intake, making sure that you're fully satiated, you're not hungry and you're not, um, you know, having cravings and you know, kind of having all these types of issues. And, and if you are doing that consistently, then your body will eventually be like, oh, okay, um, it seems like whatever famine she was going through, it's over. We can go ahead and, and um, you know, we don't need to hold on to all this stuff anymore. So um, we see that happen a lot. Um, if there's not issues with, um, with adrenals and thyroid and you don't have, you know, like if there's not certain things going on that would prevent this, what I do see often happen um, is women that are kind of at a weight loss stall or they feel like they're gaining and they don't know what to do, myself included, um, with just how I feel and just feeling, um, I don't weigh myself, but just feeling like, um, I just don't feel like me or things will just not feel right, that often tells me that I need to do a fast, a little bit longer fast than normal. Um, one of the things that you can do is definitely switch your fasts, uh, fasting window up, which I really preach this all the time. Um, I think this is super helpful for metabolism. It's super helpful for women um, specifically, and that is really keeping it changed up. So if I fast um, you know, one day, from eight o'clock one night till two o'clock the next day. And then I have, you know, I'll usually have like a late lunch and then maybe a later dinner type thing. Then the next day I won't do the exact same schedule. I might, the next day I might have a huge breakfast and then not eat at all the rest of the day until dinner time. Um, or even potentially uh, have just one big gigantic meal. Now, on some of those days, especially if I'm only eating once, my calorie count is going down. I mean, I'm rarely, can I, I mean, I, like, again, I don't track this stuff, but it would be very difficult for me to eat 1,800 to 2,000 calories in one sitting. Um, I just don't think I could, could eat that, even if I was piling on loads of fat. Uh, at one time, so so when you're when you're restricting to like one uh, meal per day, 
you're going to fall behind a little bit on your on your calories. So <clears throat> doing that very often, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to be is going to kind of be that's going to counteract what you're trying to do. So so um, not doing that very often would be good, but just changing up your window. And then there'll be days that I will fast for a full, you know, 24, 48 hours, 72 hours, something like that. And um, just really stretch out my fasting window and and kind of get some of that autophagy going and um, just some more kind of detoxification going. I may um, have some bone broth when I do a longer, like a uh, 72 hour type fast, um, you know, that I might have a little bit of bone broth with that fast. But generally I'm just drinking water and uh, supplementing with uh, salt um, and electrolytes. So that is kind of, you know, that's, that's one route you could go. Um, another issue with the digestion, or I'm sorry, with the weight gain and the upping the calories um, could be uh, digestion. Uh, digestion is uh, always can be a major player in everything that we're dealing with. You know, it is truly like our foundation of health. If we can't digest the food that we're eating, then it causes all kinds of issues with, um, you know, backups and congestion in your liver, which um, doesn't allow you to actually get rid of the things that you should be getting rid of. It, um, you know, causes waste to pile up. It can cause all kinds of issues going on. So without getting into a lot of detail on that, digestion could definitely be also part of the issue. Um, poor sleep or poor stress management is huge. Like both of those, I don't think get enough attention, um, especially just kind of we're focused on the ketogenic diet and what do you eat and how much do you eat and all this kind of stuff. But um, the stress level of managing all that stuff or worrying about, should I be working out? Should I not? Am I eating enough? Am I not? What, you know, what are my blood ketones at right now? And why are they not higher? And all that stuff is stress. That's stressful. So, um, so managing that is good, uh, and very helpful. Um, good sleep, you know, seven to nine hours minimum, um, just depending on who you are. And that's good, solid sleep. You know, you should be waking up in the morning and feeling good and, and, you know, literally bouncing out of bed. I mean, you should not be getting up groggy and tired. It shouldn't take you five or 10 minutes to get moving in the morning. You know, you should be able to get up and get moving. So if you're dealing with any of those things, that can also lead to not just holding on to weight, but to weight gain. So um, when she's talking about the, um, uh, let's see, the uh, 0.5 uh, millimole readings and now 0.8 and 0.9. So nutritional ketosis is 1.5 and up. And um, that does not mean that if you are producing ketones at 0.5 or 0.8, that that's bad. I frequently do that. Um, and you're still producing ketones. Uh, that's still your primary fuel. fuel. So um, I wouldn't worry about that. There could be so many different reasons that you can be um, producing more or less ketones uh, through a blood reading or a breath. Um, I am, you know, I, I've got a few theories on that, and there's certainly several theories out there. Um, in regards to, you know, sometimes people being better at burning, you know, at producing ketones and using them, and some people producing them and not using them as well, and so they'll get higher readings, and um, there's all kinds of different schools of thought on that. Um, 
so it, you know, it just kind of depends. You know, there's there's just lots of, of different ways to look at that. Um, she, let's see, I'm just trying to, okay, and then she said uh, she also wants to start working out again, wondering if she should start. Um, honestly, I don't really think it matters much. Um, I definitely would not uh, recommend, some, uh, she says, the weight cardio or, or the PIO, PIO. Um, I definitely would not recommend uh, high levels of, car of cardio or like you know, super intense cardio sessions for very long periods of time. Um, I kind of come from the mindset that if you're doing any kind of intensity workout as a woman, um, cardio, that you should really keep it to 20 minutes or less uh, per session um, per day. So, you know, I would recommend 20 minutes or less. Um, I really like HIIT training. Now, if you are struggling with thyroid or adrenal issues, sometimes that doesn't work so well for women. Um, sometimes that can just be a real drain um, on on those types of, of if you're already having those types of issues because um, high intensity interval training is a stress to your body. I mean, it is a stressor. It's a very sympathetic um, activity. So if you're dealing with any kind of issues like that, I would in general recommend that a woman do more parasympathetic inducing uh, exercises, like perhaps a relaxing walk or some yoga or some stretching, um, things like that. Maybe, um, you know, just, just more relaxing, more gentle, easy things uh, if you're kind of dealing with those issues. But again, I don't know Dina's backstory. I don't know her history. So I really don't know um, kind of any of those types of things that she may or may not be dealing with. Um, weights are a pretty safe thing to do. I do, you know, weights myself a few days a week. Um, again, I would keep the sessions kind of shorter. I don't think we need to be, um, you know, in the gym for an hour, lift, you know, lifting weights three, four, five days a week. Um, I think kind of keeping that to a little bit shorter sessions and um, just kind of getting in, getting it done and getting out is probably best. So, um, but that's just kind of my opinion. I don't really have a, a whole lot of um, scientific research to back that up, just what I've kind of seen in practice and um, you know, from female clients. So, um, that's really all I have for Dina. I mean, I just, um, you know, thank you so much again, Dina, for submitting this and for, um, you know, I appreciate the follow, following me on social media and, and that, you know, knowing that you're getting a lot out of what I'm providing. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to Denise. I have a, a form submitted by Denise, and she says, Hello, Jessica. First, let me say I enjoy your podcast very much, and I have been listening since the beginning. I listened to your last podcast, number 42, today, and the subject hit home. I've been doing keto for four to five months with intermittent fasting. I calculate my macros for my height, weight, body fat, which I estimated, and desire for weight loss. My macros have me at 70 grams of protein, and I do 20 grams of total carbs, filling the rest of my calories with fat. I do not always have enough fat, but I always hit my protein. There have been times that I am hungry, but I don't want to go over the protein and carb macros. I am a runner, and I think I could do, and I think I could do well, but I need suggestions. Any help or recommendations appreciated. I'm 5'3", 117 pounds, and estimated 25% body fat. I have lost nine pounds since January 1st. Regards, Denise. Okay, so Denise. Um, okay, so first of all, um, she says that she's doing 
uh, let's see, 70 grams of protein and 20 grams of carbs total. So that is um, per, is that per day she's saying she's doing that? Okay, and then filling the rest with fat. Okay, so um, I don't know what the rest with fat is because um, if you say that there's times that you are hungry, but you don't want to go over protein and carb macros. So I get that and I can appreciate that. And I think that that is wise. Um, I feel like your 70 grams of protein is probably more than enough uh, for your size. Um, the question I would have though is it, that it sounds to me like you're just not getting enough food because there are times that you're hungry. So that tells me that you need to be adding more fat. So a lot of times that is, you know, I, I see this over and over with um, women specifically that don't want to have more fat in their diet because they just think there's no way this, you know, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't want to blow up. I'm going to gain too much weight, all this kind of stuff. But if you're keeping your protein at 70 grams and your total carbs at 20, you're going to need to eat a lot of calories and fat. So uh, doing the math in my head, I'm thinking that that is somewhere around, um, let's see, that would be about 280 and then about 80. She's probably getting about 300, that's 350 calories or something from, from those. Now fat is double the amount of calories per gram. So, um, you know, it's, it adds up a whole lot quicker, but it, um, you're going to have to make up a lot of calories in fat. So, um, just kind of going by what you're telling me, um, I would say that you're probably going to need to be getting, you know, 150 grams of fat in addition per day. Um, probably at least, especially if you're very active and I'm just taking a wild guess here, but my guess is that you're probably not doing that. Um, that's a lot of grams of fat, and most women would run screaming from <laughs> that recommendation. Although, you know, my general day, I probably eat about 160 grams of fat a day. Now, I'm a lot taller. You know, I'm, I'm 5'10", um, and weigh a little more than that, obviously. <laughs> so, But I'm also very, very active, and I maintain my weight very easily at that. Um, so again, it's hard for me, you know, I can't really tell you how much you should be doing because I don't know so many other things about your health history or, um, you know, how many calories are you actually eating and where are you getting these protein uh, grams from and what are you, you know, 20 grams of total carbs is super low. So um, that tells me that you're definitely very, very much restricting um, vegetables because, um, you cannot be eating very many vegetables and getting 20 total carbs um, per day. So, um, and that's fine if you want to, you know, you kind of want to be strict in the beginning. I said, you say it's been four to five months. That's okay. I mean, I was really strict with it for the first six months. And then I started really just going free on the veggies, just whatever I wanted. And, um, and that has been great for me. But, um, so I guess just 
Really, I don't have a, a super clear answer for you. I would just say, basically, you need to add more fat. I mean, you're really, if you're hungry in any way, shape, or form, you're not eating enough food. Um, and definitely, fat is where it's going to be at for you. I mean, that's what you're going to want. So I would recommend varying up the fats that you're eating. So, you know, maybe you put some olive oil on, um, on veggies or on the meat that you're eating or whatever that it is that you're having. Um, olive oil is an incredibly good for you fat. Um, it's, I don't like to cook with olive oil. Um, it has a very low smoke point, so you don't want to do that. It damages the, the oil, the fats in the oil. So, uh, pouring it over your already cooked food is a really good way to do it or adding it to salads, things like that. So, um, I would definitely up the olive oil. Um, I'd like to see you get a good variety of saturated fats. So really you want to get a good variety of your polyunsaturated, your monounsaturated and your saturated. So, um, you want to get some coconut oil in there. If you're not already doing that, you want to make sure you're getting a good variety of some good saturated animal fats like, um, beef tallow and lard and some duck fat is amazing. Um, you know, things like that. You're going to want to get some good oils like avocado, um, maybe through avocados. You could eat some avocado or pour, pour the avocado oil over your foods. That is amazing. Um, macadamia nut oil is super good. Walnut oil. Um, so some of those types of things I'd like to see you just kind of vary that up. Some butter, some ghee, um, get a good variety in there and um, just kind of play around with it and see, you know, how much you need to add before you're not hungry anymore. But definitely watch the calorie deficit. Um, cause I can definitely see that could be a problem if you're not careful with that. Okay. Um, another question I got, this is from, uh, Cecilia. Cecilia says, good morning, Jessica. Love, love, love how you put things into content. Um, you are helping me understand so many things much deeper about my own body because of you. I'm learning a lot more about the importance of the digestion. I am doing some self-testing with the help of the last podcast with TC Hale. Uh, my quick question to you, as you mentioned, beta TCP, my doc carries both beta plus and beta TCP. Is this the same thing or completely different? Do you know? I am suspecting my own issues as far as bioflow on my symptoms. Can't wait to test awaiting the kits. In your own experience, have you had bioflow issues? Is this something you can chat about in your podcast? Experiences, successes, maybe ballpark as to how long it could take to help digestion. Thanks so much. Um, yes, Cecilia, I currently have bioflow issues of my own, <laughs> so, um, I am my own patient. So yeah. Um, okay. So, so for those of you that are uh, listening to this, so, um, as a nutritional therapy practitioner or, um, not officially don't have the official letters behind my name now, um, but in 30 days from now I will, um, but working in the capacity as I have been as a, um, as a health coach, nutritional coach, and then marrying all of the things that I'm learning through my education as a nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, one of the things that we learn about is supplementation and the um, different companies out there that offer supplements and why there are so many differences and, and you know what companies are superior and those types of things. And one company that is amazing and that the NTA um, really recommends and as, as NTPs we use with our clients is a company called Biotics Research. 
Um, so they have pharmaceutical grade supplements. They are, um, you know, whole, whole food based. They're, um, you know, super rigorous testing and, um, you have to work with a practitioner to get those supplements. Um, now I have been made aware that you can find them in certain places on the internet, um, but they are being sold illegally that way. Um, you have, we actually have to sign a disclaimer that we will not sell them um, in that manner. And to order them through biotics, you actually have to have a practitioner code to be able to order them. So um, when you're um, you know, working with a practitioner that is affiliated with biotics, then you can call and order your supplementation using that practitioner's code, um, but you're not supposed to be able to, like practitioners are not supposed to be selling them to their clients and things like that. Um, or selling them online and doing those types of things. So anyway, um, so they're a really awesome company, really great supplements. And to answer her question on is there a difference, um, yes, there absolutely is a difference. So um, the beta TCP, for instance, is um, different than the beta plus for for a few reasons. Um, So uh, I guess we'll just start with kind of the kind of the rundown of the beta TCP. Um, so beta TCP stands for uh, the, it's beet juice, taurine, vitamin C, and um, pancreolipase. So um, those are kind of the, the primary ingredient, those are the ingredients in the, in the product, but the primary ingredient really is the beet um, juice. It's from beet juice. It's, it has a very high concentration of um, trimethylglycine. So trimethylglycine is a methyl derner and it's used in liver detoxification. So trimethylglycine is used by the body uh, to help detoxify substances by donating one of its methyl groups to the toxic molecule and it yields less of a toxic methylated substance. So um, for instance, when I first saw my, my functional medicine practitioner several years ago, one of the things we realized with that was that I was a bad methylator. <laughs> so um, I needed help with those, uh, with my methyl groups. Um, I needed some additional methyl donors to help me because I wasn't doing a good job of detoxifying myself. Um, I had a little bit of liver congestion, not a lot, not like fatty liver or anything, but um, but a little bit and just having a little bit of a difficult time doing that. So, um, so the beta TCP is actually what I take. And I take that because um, through, I've talked about on this podcast before that through functional evaluations, which this is the hands-on portion of working with a nutritional therapist and Elentine the lingual neuro testing of supplementation, you are able to really drill down as to what supplements are really going to serve your body best. So for me, um, I did have the beta TCP show up as something that really helps uh, the issues that I was having with my liver and gallbladder and digestion as a whole. So for me, that is the supplement I went with. Um, it also has the addition of the taurine and vitamin C from beets and a 
pancreolipase. Um, so those are essential for fat digestion and, um, and just kind of really enhancing that whole system. Um, it's also super, super good for liver detoxification, which is something that I needed. Um, gallstones, which I don't have, um, have, have never had that I'm aware of. Um, sluggish bile, sugar handling, um, insomnia, mood st stabilization. So it helps, it really helps the liver to convert the fats and protein um, to glucose if needed for gluconeogenesis. So um, beta TCP is all that, right? It's used for all those things. Um, it is very similar to the beta, I'm sorry, to the beta plus, but there are a few things that are different. Um, one of the things that, so, so the beta plus, let's, I'll tell you about that one a, a little bit. So um, I'm not super familiar with that one because I don't use that personally, but I know that the beta plus you don't want to be on for a long period of time. You actually want to kind of cycle that one. Um, the reason why is the beta plus is an, an organic beet concentrate like the beta TCP, but it is a whole beet concentrate. Um, it also has the pancreolipase and it has the addition of purified bile salts. So um, the difference is, so, so this could be used for instances where you've had your gallbladder removed. So um, having a gallbladder removed is pretty much going to um, set you up that you need to supplement with like ox bile or some other type of bile salts for the rest of your life because you no longer, your liver no longer has the support of the gallbladder and being able to hold um, the amount of concentrated bile that it needs to to be able to be readily, readily released when you eat fats and it needs to help emulsify those fats. So um, that's the reason for when your gallbladder has been removed, you need to supplement with like an ox bile supplement. So um, this one is used in a little bit more severe cases typically. So like when the gallbladder has been removed um, and there's like, especially if there's still symptoms of gallbladder dysfunction, which sounds really weird, but you can have your gallbladder removed and actually still have problems and issues with in that area. I mean, you can still feel the pain from where you used to feel the gallbladder issue because things still are not working correctly. Now they're just not working correctly with one less organ. So it can definitely still complicate things. Um, so it, really, unless you've had a gallbladder removed and you need that ongoing su support, you really have to cycle this specific one because um, if you still have your gallbladder and you use this constantly, then it basically gets you, you, it's what they call a biliary dependence. So you basically become dependent on those bile salts and then you don't like your liver starts slowing down and not storing as much bile in your gallbladder. It just becomes, um, it just counts on the fact that you're going to have those bile salts available anytime you need to digest fat and it's just going to use that. So, um, so I hope that kind of helps a little bit and makes a little bit more sense of the two of those. So that's definitely a question for your doctor and what they want you to use. Um, they they definitely they both have the same uh, 
beet, whole beet concentrate in them. They're both 100 milligrams per tab of that. Um, it's just, again, the amino acid, taurine, and beet source vitamin C is in the beta TCP, which is not in the beta plus. Um, but the beta plus has that ox bile extract or the purified bile salts, 100 milligrams of that. So, um, yeah. So it also has a super oxide uh, dismutase, the... Um, uh, the beta plus does so it has a couple of um of other things in there that are that are supposed to be helpful for um kind of a little more severe case so um definitely a question for your doctor that you said carries these and then you know he or she can kind of point you in the direction of what they think is the best course of action for you and what would help you the best um, you know, perhaps they want you to be a little more aggressive in the beginning and then go down to like the beta TCP later on or something. I don't know. So I actually take, uh, right now I take the beta TCP and I take the liver it, um, both, uh, biotics research products and I take those for um, detoxification and um, increased uh, bile sufficiency and those types of things so um, I also take a betaine HCL that that I take from biotics and um, you know I'm still trying to work on that so you know I kind of have the digestion issues at both ends with the uh, stomach and um, protein digestive issues and then digestive issues with the bioflow as well. So um, definitely still working on that. I feel like things probably aren't going to get a whole lot better until after the um, enormous amount of stress that I'm under goes away, um, which is not going to be until I graduate this class and can kind of take a little bit off my plate. But um, so to answer your question about uh, ballpark of how long it would take to help digestion, Honestly, that is so, it varies so, so much. So I have been, I hate, I don't want to scare you, but I've been working on my digestion um, upwards of a year. And I don't think I've always been doing the right things and um, have learned so much in the last uh, six months or so um, that has changed kind of my outlook on a few things. So that's definitely helped me get on the right track. And I think using the correct supplementation has helped um, and is continuing to help. Um, I think, you know, you can, you can do the shot in the dark thing, which I think is better than doing nothing when it comes to supplementation and trying to help correct your digestion. Um, so if you know you're not digesting proteins well and you're having the issues that are kind of telling you, uh, you know, I'm probably not digesting them well, then um, I think definitely getting, uh, you know, taking betaine HCL is super helpful in at least starting to get you on the right track. But what brand are you taking? taking, you know, what, is it, is it really, um, working for you? And then, and then are you taking that, but you're, but you also have poor, um, bile flow. And so you need to, you know, what's the issue with the bile flow? Are you not making enough? Is it sludgy? Do you have, you know, are the, are the biliary pathways congested and clogged up or, you know, what's happening? Is, is your liver just overworked? Like, like just trying to figure out what is actually going on that's causing these things. Um, so for a long, long time, I was supplementing with betaine HCL and that was the only thing I was taking. And thought that that was um, going to help. Well, maybe I also need, um, maybe I also need uh, 
pepsin. Maybe I also need um, some other kind of, um, of uh, pancreatic uh, digestive enzyme, you know, so you got to try to figure that stuff out and doing the functional evaluations and the LNT for me has been super eye-opening because doing those types of exams, I have been able to see exactly what is not going to work for me and what has really been helpful. I also learned through that process that I really needed to do a lot of gut healing and gut lining healing. So um, they also have a product called Gastrozyme and a product called IPS. And so um, for me, Gastrozyme LNT'd really well. So I uh, took Gastrozyme for a month before going back to HCL and um, to kind of help heal uh, my gut lining. I have a client that is um, that LNT'd very well for IPS, but Gastrozyme did not LNT well for her. Um, so for her, the Gastrozyme would not work the way it, it did for me it she needs the ips so it is so bio individual and it you know it really really does matter um about your chemistry and and what your specific body needs so um back to the timeline you know i would say a minimum of three months minimum and i haven't actually not seen anything resolve in three months but um but three months minimum just to hopefully start getting you moving in the in the right direction um but as you'll hear in one of the upcoming upcoming interviews that i'm going to have on this podcast um here in the next couple weeks i interviewed a um, another health coach that is ketogenic as well and kind of um, she kind of steps you through like her journey and how all that worked and she said it took her about a year to get her digestive issues on track so um, so yeah so it's probably not <laughs> the answer that you wanted to hear but you know listen we abuse our bodies for decades and then you know we want fixed right away and I am no different trust me I am I'm like, man, why can't this just be, you know, I'm eating good. I, you know, I'm trying to dial in all these things and, you know, I mean, how can things not be going right? Like how much more perfect can you get and trying to manage all this? But there are always things that you can do. I mean, my life is so full of stress right now. Stress will wreck your digestion. Um, and then, you know, just, there's just so many things that are huge. You know, if you're not sleeping well, that's going to wreck your digestion. So all of those types of things also are really going to play into whether or not, like how fast these things are able to take place and how quickly your body kind of picks up the pace again. Because um, what we want to not do is be dependent on supplements and on these supplementation for the rest of our lives, right? I mean, the, the point is, is that you want to take these, give your body what it needs to start produce, to start being able to do its own thing again and do what it should be doing um, now that hopefully we're managing our stress and we're not um, you know, we're not, uh, we got good sleep and we're not eating things that we know we shouldn't be eating and, and those types of things. Right. So, so hopefully it'll be a quicker turnaround, um, for you, Cecilia. <laughs> and, um, I hope that your doctor is able to give you, um, some really good suggestion and picks the right supplement for you and you get on the right track very quickly. 
Um, so thanks for writing in. Okay, the next one is from Andrea, and she says, Hi, Jessica. I love your podcast, and I listen every week. I recently started cleaning up my personal care products after listening to you talk about how harmful a lot of these are to our health. I stopped wearing almost all makeup. I still do, and I make up daily, but I've been hunting for better products. Switched my shampoo and soaps for less toxic options, and recently embarked on the hunt for natural deodorant that works. I've tried a few brands, and that I can get at local retailers, and I finally found one that smell good, smells good and keeps me smelling good too. I've been using it for about three weeks, and yesterday I noticed my underarms were very red and a little itchy. I asked Dr. Google and came across answers ranging from adding or avoiding baking soda, armpit detox, and having to use additional products to avoid the redness if the redness continues. Could you give any pointers as to what to look for when switching to natural deodorant or other natural products? Thanks, and keep up the awesome work, Andrea. Um, yes, Andrea, I love this topic. Um, I know it's not specifically keto, um, but it definitely is part of the lifestyle for me. Um, I think any, most of us are really just trying to clean up our whole lifestyle. Um, I love the natural deodorant topic specifically because, um, there is a lot of, um, information out there and some of it is very confusing and you can be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And this website says this, and this says that. So one thing, first of all, that I would highly recommend for anyone that is that is deciding to clean up the personal care products, which I absolutely applaud you, Andrea, that is awesome that you're doing this, and um, it is just super big for your health overall and long term. Um, but one of the things that I always suggest is before just switching to a natural deodorant, go uh, go naked, so to speak. Don't use a deodorant for, I would say like a week. Um, so I know that's going to be a little bit hard because you're, especially if it's hot and where you are and you know, you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm sweating. What's going on. It's actually a really good time to kind of let your underarms detox <laughs> and kind of push some of those chemicals and things, especially aluminum. If you have been, um, using a deodorant, which most of the ones on the store shelves have aluminum. So if you've been using one that has that, it's a really good time to allow your, um, your uh, underarms to kind of get rid of some of that stuff. Um, now, one of the tricks that I use is, um, first of all, it, it's good to kind of exfoliate, or I'm, I know I've talked about dry brushing before. Dry brushing is a super great thing to do, and that is also super helpful for, um, for uh, body odors and because really what your body odor is is it's your body detoxifying it's detoxing all the stuff that's in your body so one of the things that can really give you bad bo is if your digestion is poor so if you're really struggling with a scent um, that is that is really offensive then you that might be a big clue to you that you want to look at your digestion and try to figure out what's going on specifically uh, protein digestion um, so that's one thing to, to, to look at. Um, another thing that I uh, definitely want to bring up is you said that you are getting this, um, uh, that you have found some that are more natural options, but you're getting them from the store. So I'm not sure which ones you're using, but I have been unable to find any in the store that are truly um good that I, that I feel like have, that are, that really are that clean. Um, so one of the things that I see in those are you still see some parabens in some of those. So definitely check real closely for that and make sure that you're not seeing parabens or, um, natural, 
scents that are con- that are saying they're natural um, or like lavender scent or things like that. That's not an essential oil. That is a manufactured. It's a synthetic thing, and that can be irritating your other underarms. Also, there's a there is a uh, an ingredient called propylene glycol, and that is very irritating to a lot of people's skin. Um, so look for that propylene glycol, and if that is in the deodorant that you're using, that could very likely be what is causing the um, the the irritation under your underarms. So if you've if you kind of eliminated those possibilities and you know that it's not that stuff, um, there's a couple of brands that I recommend, but really you need to find what works for you. Um, the idea is that when you switch to a natural deodorant, you are not going to stop sweating. And so that is the hardest thing for people, I think, to get used to is they're looking for a deodorant that is also an antiperspirant. But we have to remember that your underarms are part of your detoxification system. I mean, they're pushing toxins out with the sweat there and you don't want to stop that from happening. So you don't want to try to find an antiperspirant. You are just looking for a deodorant, something that is going to help to kind of cut down on any foul smell. But again, you really shouldn't have that much BO or bad smell from your sweat anyway, um, as long as you're not toxic inside. Um, so I, that's definitely something I would work on is more of detoxification of um, your whole body in general. And then there really won't be much of, a, of an issue of having like any kind of underarm BO. But, but your underarms are not going to not sweat. I mean, they, they are going to sweat when you use natural deodorants. Um, but to find the one that you feel like works best for you and maybe, you know, sometimes they get sticky on one person on another person they don't. And, you know, sometimes they, um, you know, there's just different reactions you can have and they don't, you know, some feel better than others. And it really is completely dependent on your body chemistry. So, um, one that I, two of them actually that I like is one called Primally Pure, and I will link to these in the show notes, but that is the one I currently use. And then, um, I have also used Native in the past, and I like that one as well. Um, I can tell you what I do, especially if I know that either A, it's going to be like, I'm going to be around people and in social situations or something, and it's particularly hot, or I think I'm going to be sweaty for whatever reason, um, then I will use essential oils under my underarms. I will dab them. So something like, um, a lavender is really great, um, to use under your underarms. Um, I love the smell of lavender. So, and that can definitely be super helpful for odor control. And most of these, um, most of these natural deodorants, they come with, they've got essential oils in them anyway, but, um, but just as an FYI, um, my husband uses, um, which of course, as I just started to say it, I totally <laughs> lost my train of thought. Oh, I, hopefully it'll come back to me. But he uses an essential oil as well um, that he uses as like actually a cologne. I've mentioned it on here before and I just totally, I just, it totally went out of my head. But um, he uses that and um, and then I, another one that you could use would be like tea tree, tea tree oil or um, I don't know, something like that. Th- those are probably good um, good smells for, uh, for your underarms and using natural deodorant. I really like, like I said, I really like the lavender. Um, eucalyptus could be a good one too. Maybe peppermint. Um, if you want to try something like that. Um, okay. So I think that's 
pretty much um, all I have to say about that. So I would just try uh, try that and see if if you know if you find any. Um, if that helps you at all. Oh, my husband is, um, sandalwood is what he uses. Um, and that is such a really good, yummy, yummy smell for men. Um, it works so well with my husband's chemistry and he smells incredible. And I love smelling him because I know that it is not damaging to me. I know that it is, I'm actually breathing in these essential oils. Um, so I have, you know, I've convinced him to give up wearing any kind of cologne or anything like that. So so that's a great scent. Okay, so um, thank you so much, Andrea, and I hope that helped you. And um, guys, that's all I have for today. So I'm going to wrap this one up. We're going to keep this under an hour. I can't believe it. So I think um, hopefully that gave you guys some things to think about. Hopefully that answered um, some questions that other people, other than just who wrote in, had on their mind, and that'll help you out. And, um, you know, if you are the praying type, please say a little prayer for me <laughs> that I can just get through the next several weeks. I um, have a big seminar I'm giving tomorrow at our uh, real estate office and um, at my husband's real estate office. And then I have... Um, I am preparing for our cruise, the uh, low-carb cruise that I am speaking on um, here. We leave on the, we actually leave on the 18th of May. Um, we are spending an extra day down in Texas because I get to visit my horse who is in Texas um, with our sweet friends, Shane and Natasha. So I'm going to go um, visit her and hoping to bring her home this year. So we'll see how that goes. But um, so super, super excited to see her. Um, I've literally not seen her, not touched her in years. Um, so can't wait. So I'm going to be, um, spending some time there before we leave out of, uh, Galveston, Texas on the 20th of May, and we'll be gone until the 27th. So, um, it's a nice long Western cruise, uh, Western Caribbean cruise. It should be really fun, but, um, it also is a lot of anxiety for me because I have, um, you know, my finals for my nutritional therapy practitioner training in June. Um, I think it's eighth uh, and ninth or something like that. So, um, not a lot of time when I get back to, uh, cram for those finals. And of course I will be studying, um, while I'm on the cruise and hopefully while I'm, uh, lounging in a lounger on the beach, <laughs> I figure, um, I can get some studying in there. So I'm going to take lots of, uh, Lots of uh, note cards with me and, and be cramming for that and uh, seeing how many people want me to do a functional evaluations on them so I can practice. <laughs> uh, just kidding. I won't do that. But anyway, um, so if you want to say a little extra prayer for me, I would really super appreciate it. Um, just that I can just keep my head about me and... Um, and make sure that we don't lose anybody while we're gone for a week. I have to pull together a schedule for people watching my five kiddos. It also happens to be their last week of school. I'm like, oh, the timing. It could not be worse. So um, anyway, so we've got all that fun stuff to, uh, that's coming up. So um, I just need to hang in there. It's going to get better. This is just a season. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for your continued support of the podcast and on social media and everything that you guys do. Um, you're really awesome. I appreciate your patience with me as I'm trying to um, kind of balance all of this stuff. And thank you for leaving reviews, guys. I see your reviews that have been coming in. It's been so awesome. I can't remember some 
sometimes which one of these that I have read, um, read online or not. So I'm going to read this one because I don't think that I've read this. Um, she says, love this show by Open Road Trip. Um, five stars. She says, I already can't wait for the next episode. I'm loving all the great guests, and Jessica seems to have a way of making them open up to share great information. I tell all of my friends to listen and look forward to every show. Great job. Thank you so much for that. Um, super appreciate that. Of course, I appreciate your guys's review. Your, your guys's. I don't think that's proper English. <laughs> um, oh, there was another one. A five star came in from Saul 19. 1978. That's a great year, Saul. I love that. It says, thanks so much for your inform for your informative and helpful podcast. I find myself going back and listening to certain segments over and over again. I appreciate your contribution and willingness to freely give your knowledge. P.S. Love the weekly weekly banter. I may have read that one already. I don't know. I like I like it so much. So, <laughs> um, if you want to leave me a podcast or a review on the podcast, and you want to leave a five star review, then I will tell you how to do it. Um, you need to go to the little search. Um, a little search icon on iTunes and you have to type in keto lifestyle and then actually click on the podcast and then click on reviews and it will let you leave me a review that way. Um, you can also reach out to me. My website address is www.jessicatai.com. You can fill out a form there to submit um, to me, or you can send me an email directly, jessica at jessicatide.com. You can follow me on Instagram at that keto blonde. And I am on Facebook at facebook forward or facebook.com forward slash Jessica Ty nutrition. So thank you guys again so much for tuning in and I will talk to y'all next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Go leave mommy a five star review. Thanks for listening to my mommy and daddy. This episode of Keto Lifestyle was brought to you by Mobile Mutations. Mobile Mutations is an app development, software development company based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, that is able to evolve your ideas to the next level. Whether you're a small business or a large corporation looking to get app ideas or put together a new portfolio for your online presence, please visit the website at Mobile Mutations.